You're listening to Understanding Disordered Eating. I'm your host, Rachel Heinemann, licensed mental health counselor. Each week, we explore the deeper meaning of our relationship with food and our body. I interview experts in the field of eating disorders and psychoanalysis to bring you the answers about why you do the things you do and bring you one step closer to a healthier relationship with food and yourself. All right, let's get started. Welcome, my friends. It's Rachel Heinemann, and you are listening to Understanding Disordered Eating. It's the podcast where we talk about all things related to eating disorder, relationship with food, and anything related to deep work therapy, understanding all the whys. Today, in episode nine, I wanted to share with you six tips if you suspect a loved one is struggling with an eating disorder. Now, the first thing to keep in mind is what kind of relationship do I have with this person? If you are close, go for it. Continue listening. If you aren't so much, and I'm going to ask you to be really, really honest with yourself, maybe save some of the information that you're about to hear and then talk to somebody who is closer to this person to implement some of these ideas. The main point is that we want to help the person struggling and not make them feel uncomfortable or defensive. So we have to do this kind of strategically. So if you determine that you are indeed pretty close, they are a really close cousin of yours or a friend that you've had for a hundred years and you talk about almost everything or a sibling, you're really close. The first thing to do is ask them, talk to them. Is anything going on? They might say no. No, everything's good. Then tell them what you see and not in a judgmental way, but just what you notice. So for example, I noticed that when we get together, you seem pretty preoccupied with food and your body. And I was just wondering if you're okay. We want to be pretty specific, but without being critical come at this conversation with compassion. And here's the important piece. Reassure them that you want to be here for them. You want them to feel supported and have a place to talk. So continue to validate their experience. Just listen to them. Tell them you're happy that they're talking and ask them what they need. They might have no idea, but just ask them. If they do share that they've been struggling The next thing that you can do is to ask them if they're open to getting more help. So that's to see a therapist, a dietitian, a psychiatrist, a doctor, or if they need a higher level of care to maybe consider going to a treatment center, like a residential program. You want to assess if they're ready and if they're not to have a conversation about what's scary about it. Because if you're noticing something, they probably do need a lot more help. But going back to the original point is you just want to be reassuring. You just want to let them know that you're supportive. Ask them how you can help with the process of finding a provider, which is so, so overwhelming because most people are like, where do I even start? This is not necessarily information that you're going to have. So I'm going to provide you with some resources. And please know that these are pretty general resources because I don't know where you're listening from. You might not even be in the U.S. So if you have a specific area or specific need, please, please reach out to me. You know where to find me on my website, 
or via email, but here are some general places to look for some resources. So the first place I would go is the National Eating Disorder Association has a hotline for people struggling with eating disorders and people who have family members or loved ones who are struggling. The number is on their website, but I'm just going to share it here. It's 1-800-931-2237. I'm going to include all this in the show notes. So if you're driving or running or whatever you're doing, don't stop. You'll look at this later. Another great resource is the Alliance for Eating Disorders. They have a great referral program. Their website is findedhelp.com. And they're another place to look if you're looking for a referral. The next resource is a little bit more niche. So they're an Orthodox Jewish organization and they provide referrals for all sorts of mental health struggles. And they have a specific eating disorder team. The name of this organization is called Relief. And they are so good at pairing you up with somebody who would be a good fit. You can always look at psychology today, which is more specific to therapists. There are some treatment centers there and you just narrow the search for eating disorders in my area. So you can put your zip code or any neighboring zip codes. If somebody is struggling with the finances, because it does get pretty pricey, Project Heal is a great resource for potential scholarships and they have the application on their website. So I'm hoping that some of these resources can help you get started at the very least if you are offering some help to your loved one. The next tip that I'm going to share is be the support system. Once you get your friend, family member, loved one set up with a team, your role is to be the friend. So asking them, what do you need from me? And even if they don't know, here are some things just to keep in mind. Don't tell them what to eat. Don't tell them what not to eat. Don't tell them when to exercise and when not to exercise. Just don't talk about food and exercise. Don't talk about it. If they want to talk about it, you listen. So you know how when we have conversations, very often people are talking over each other and no one's really listening. They're just waiting for the next person to finish so that they can say what they want to say. That's what we want to avoid. Really listen when they're talking. A really good way to let the other person know that you are listening is to almost repeat back what they're saying. So if they're saying that there's a certain thing that's really stressful for them and they're concerned about X, Y, Z, You can say, what I'm hearing you say is that you're struggling with this and with that, and that you're not really sure what to do. Kind of encouraging them just to keep talking. If they want to hang out, hang out with them. If they don't want to hang out, don't hang out with them. But I will say that a lot of people struggling with eating disorders have trouble getting out of their shell. They retreat inwards, and sometimes they need a little bit of help. So if you can encourage them to spend more time With a person like you who's safe for them, even if it's really anxiety provoking, you can reassure them that you're going to go out. You're not going to go out for food. You're not going to do anything exercise related because you don't want to enable them. And you want to be careful that you're not causing more anxiety, but you do want to kind of just encourage them a little bit to get them out of their head. You know, a good example of not enabling is very often friends like to take long walks together, which is a beautiful thing, but for somebody who's struggling with an eating disorder, anything exercise related, I would say just avoid. If you're out for a while, like a couple hours and none of you have eaten, I would say 
you know, that I'm hungry and I would like to get something to eat. And they might be embarrassed to say something like that. Number four is a bit of an extension of number three. I want to reiterate that you are not the treatment team. So unless you're a parent, you probably shouldn't have anything to do with their treatment team. If this is your partner that we're talking about and you do want to be part of the recovery process, which probably is to a certain extent a good idea, ask them to join a session or even start couples counseling in addition to their individual counseling. But never talk to your loved one's team without them present. Now, obviously you can't talk without their consent. So if they sign a HIPAA form, you legally, ethically can talk to the provider, but we really don't want to encourage any sort of avoidance. By you talking to their team, you're encouraging them to stay out of the conversation, stay hidden, and we don't want to enable that. The other thing is that it gets really tricky with the lines. You're not their provider. You don't want to triangulate anything. If you have concerns, you need to be upfront about it. Otherwise, they might either lose trust in you and you become like the other side, or you just perpetuate their avoidance, which to begin with is part of the problem. This same idea goes for a parent, meaning if you have a parent who's struggling, I would ask to be part of a family session or set up separate family sessions if you do want to be part of the treatment. If it's a friend that's struggling, this is just my personal opinion, I think it's best to stay on the outside of the treatment. You can definitely bring their family into it, but you are the friend and they so desperately need friends. If they need more treatment, Let's get them more treatment. We need you to stay their friend. Number five, do your own research. Learn more about eating disorders. You can listen to podcasts. You can read books. There are so, so many resources. There's this podcast, Christy Harrison's podcast. That's Food Psych. There are so many books about eating disorders. I can link to some of those resources in the show notes for you. This is going to be so, so important in your support of your loved ones. And number six is practice what you preach. So especially after you've done a bit of research about eating disorders, you know that commenting on people's weight, no matter which way, losing weight, gaining weight is a big no-no. So you don't do it. And if you're learning about intuitive eating, which is a great resource, try it out. Try to see what happens when you implement some of the ideas that you're learning. Don't talk about exercise and weight loss and calorie count. I mean, this can be a little tricky because we live in a society that is obsessed with diet culture and checking yourself is going to be the number one most helpful thing that you can do for your loved one. But it's obviously going to be hard because this is something that we're saying to implement in your own life, as opposed to just saying somebody else do it. If you're having a hard time avoiding this, it might actually mean that you're struggling too. And that's totally okay to reach out for some help. But what I will say is that if you say that you want to be there for this person, you reassure them, you're supportive, you're validating but then you go to the gym every single day for hours on end and talk about calories and talk about how other people look amazing. They've lost weight. Then a lot of what you're doing is losing its validity. So there you have my six tips. 
I hope this was helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm on Instagram, rheinemanlmhc, and on my website, rachelheinemann.com. And again, my email is rachel at rachelheinemann.com. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed today's episode and you know someone who may as well, please share it. Not only does it help us reach more people, it really makes my day to know that this show is making a difference. All right, talk next time.